Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, the latest episode of Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. Uh, I'm Jonathan in Beijing, and I'm with uh, Jason Robertson, who's in Seattle. Hi, Jason. Hey, Jonathan. Uh, good morning to you, and good afternoon from continuously raining Seattle. <laughs> Um, Jason, today wanted to uh, wanted to share a case regarding uh, a Shaoying Channel Sinew case. So maybe Jason, you can give it a little background to this yeah. case. Um, so this is even related to something Nisa and I were talking about many months ago, and she was noticing. And Jonathan, I guess you didn't you didn't hear this. I'd be interested to see if you've noticed this as well that. On a lot of patients who are, uh, you know, kind of post-COVID, lingering COVID, or just relatively recent COVID patients, that she was noting that there was kind of an uptick on palpated changes on the heart channel, you know, around heart 765 area. Have you noticed anything like that? That's the first question I had for you. Um, well, the thing with China, the, the difference here is that we don't see as many COVID cases, just because I guess of all the... Uh, zero COVID policy in China. So the only time I have seen patients who've, who had contracted COVID were people who were coming to China, like from overseas internationally. So those few patients I have had, um, they weren't being treated for post-COVID uh, symptoms. So they usually had other had complaints. the patient volume really yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. A, a handle on yeah. what you notice. Right. The people, few well, people I did palpate, they had more, they had more like lung channel issues from what I recall. Yeah, and that's what I guess I guess we all would expect. But as you probably have read and noted, that like people's reaction to the COVID virus is highly variable. And so, you know, for anyone doing Chinese herbal medicine or acupuncture in post-COVID cases, you have to kind of step back and do a basic differential diagnosis because lots of people have these kind of yangming digestive patterns. And of course, we're familiar with not only COVID, but even some reactions to the vaccinations that people get is they get these kind of like irregular heartbeat that, you know, you hear about, especially young men getting kind of uh, palpitations and heart patterns. And so it just kind of goes in these different directions. And one of the directions, by no means the only, but one direction that is a, a kind of pattern within the pattern is these Xiaoyin kind of uh, reactions to either COVID or the vaccine. In this case, the, the one I had was a, <clears throat> she was a COVID patient. And... <clears throat> So what Nisa and I had been talking about, and this was many months ago when she was kind of in the midst of the big wave of COVID patients in New York. Uh, and she said, you know, it's really, especially like a, a year or two ago, it was very hard to separate from all of the psychological stress, the emotional stress that surrounds COVID, right? So like the heart channel, the, the, that, that aspect of perception is already really compromised in people. And so the one kind of theme that a lot of us have seen, and it's true of epidemic disease throughout history, is it kind of it's always been known to like go towards your weak spot, go to places where, you know, you're already kind of vulnerable. And so it seems like that, that perfect storm of like the stress of COVID and um, you know, the, the, the experience of the disease itself, which of course has fever and, and heat within it just can attack Xiaoyin. And so you, you, I guess you haven't heard Nisa mention this yet, right? Yeah, I guess after it's in one of the podcasts that we, we episodes, we, Right. Well, we've release. been we've been hashing it out and haven't finished the podcast. Oh, yet, okay. So no, yeah. So I haven't. <laughs> that's yeah. I haven't heard her mention that. <laughs> so that's probably why. And I, I thought that you and I maybe even talked about it. But anyway, so th this is a really actually pretty simple case, but it, it it is just an example of that pattern. And to me, it was an example of of channel palpation sending me in a direction that I really didn't expect to go. 
So the patient's primary complaint was uh, a really severe flaring and a, and a dramatic worsening of a chronic uh, shoulder pain. And, and the pain was very often focused for the patient um, kind of deep within the left shoulder joint. So like between small intestine 10 and large intestine 15 is basically what she's saying. And she said it was like in the joint. This patient was a 75-year-old female. She'd had COVID like two weeks previously, very few COVID symptoms. Like she was very tired for a few days. She said she slept a lot. Uh, she didn't have much of a cough. Um, she had a bit of a fever, but a relatively mild experience with the COVID. But then in the weeks that followed, she had this recurring pain in both shoulders, much worse on the left, to the degree where, you know, she couldn't stand and cut vegetables in her kitchen because the pain would get so deep in her shoulder that, um, you know, she wouldn't be able to endure it and had to stop, you know, cooking. And so, um, you know, the first place she pointed was small intestine 10. The back of her shoulder was hurting deep in the joint. And so I started palpating, you know, the yang channels of the arm. And, I, and I've been teaching some courses recently, you know, on the treatment of musculoskeletal conditions using applied channel theory, of course, focusing on, you know, distal channel palpation as a way of differentiating which channel is involved in a musculoskeletal complaint. And Jonathan, I, I've been wanting, before I go on, I've been saying in these courses I've been teaching, and, and I've been meaning to bounce this off you. I mean, would you say that like the, I don't know about the vast majority, but the majority of musculoskeletal complaints are kind of in yang channels. Have you noticed that? Um, yeah, I would say the majority are, but I do also have seen a lot of patients with like, you know, like, like issues on like the liver channels or kidney channels or uh, heart channels too, I guess. Yeah. But I, I mean, would say it, majority would they be don't happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say majority, yeah, are more on the young channels. Yeah, I mean, think of neck pain, <clears throat> you know, back pain that often is like the typical back pain, uh, mm -hmm. your average shoulder pain. So, you know, when I'm teaching those courses on just thinking of using distal palpation for musculoskeletal condition, I place the emphasis on the palpation practice on careful palpation of the distal yang channels and looking for patterns there. And so for this patient's complaint, and I've known this patient for years, and her overall, you know, common presentation is this kind of Jueyin Xiaoyang personality where she gets really stressed. She gets really wound up. She's an artist, but she does lots of printing of her artwork. And so she spends lots of time working and printing. And the more she gets stressed, the more her trapezius muscle binds up, the more her like gallbladder 21 area gets super tight and like her shoulders are rising up and she gets heat and insomnia and agitation. And so I went to palpate, you know, the Sanjiao channel, expecting it to be as usual in her case. It like kind of flares with her pain that you get this line of bumpiness and even tenderness around Sanjiao five to seven area on her arms. But yet this time when she showed up, that area was relatively unremarkable. And I thought, OK, well, you know, the pain's in the back of the shoulder. She pointed to small intestine 10. So obviously it's going to, you know, we should check the small intestine channel. So I palpated small intestine carefully along the bone small intestine three over the small intestine four or five, all along the, the side of the hand there through the channel. Comparing left and right is really important in musculoskeletal conditions because, of course, most often on the side that's most affected, there'll be a more clear change on the channel that is most affected. Of course, in her case, she had shoulder pain on both sides. But then I, you know, I, I didn't find much on the Taiyang channels, on the hands and then checking the feet, even the Yang channels, I wasn't finding changes. 
And I went and palpated uh, around the heart channel. As soon as I looked at her heart channel, this was on the right arm. But as soon as I looked at her heart channel, it was swollen. Like there's like this kind of puffiness in the channel. And then as I kind of run my thumb from heart seven over the, the bone there at heart six, you get what Dr. Wong called the tsui luo, like these kind of a crunchy collateral feeling in, in the arm. And, and then I went to the left hand and there it was on the other side, like bilateral swelling with these crunchy collaterals on the heart channel in a patient who, you know, who I'd known for years, doesn't usually have that, doesn't often have Xiaoyin, uh, you know, you know, patterns is, is her, is her primary complaint very often, and especially the heart channel didn't look and feel like that very often. What made you so, decide to go to the heart channel? Like you said, you, you did the Taiyang and then you went to the heart. Was there a reason that made you decide to start pelting the heart channel? Well, I, I mean, it was, I mean, basically it was the, the fact that I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere palpating the yang channels, looking for the channel that seemed to be most involved. And remember, I was kind of, let me back up then. So what I was, she said that the pain was dramatically more on the left shoulder, like the right shoulder would get it a little bit. So in those cases for me in the clinic, my, my overall goal often is on the left arm, which channel is going to have the most obvious palpated change that is probably along the pathway of the pain. And so, you know, in that area, I was thinking, you know, Taiyang, maybe Xiaoyang, which is her normal, uh, you know, pain pattern channel, but those channels were unremarkable. So then I like had to kind of fall back on, all right, let me start over. And I went, you know, to ch checking all the yin channels on both arms. And so that I came to the heart channel just by the, the sheer fact that I wasn't finding anything on the yang channels. Okay. So I began with lung, then pericardium, and then I mean, in fact, the thing about, and I'm not very good with my eyes. I often have my eyes closed when I'm palpating, but in this patient, it was obvious just at a glance that the heart channel was swollen too, which was really interesting. So here's the thing I did next. And this is definitely influenced by the, you know, the, the approach that Yafim has talked to us all about, you know, about when you're treating musculoskeletal conditions, as you know, John, one of the things he finds very helpful is to kind of do a thorough palpation of all the channels and essentially kind of come up with a hypothesis of the channel you think is probably the one involved and then find the point that's on that channel that probably would be helpful for the patient, press that point and have them move and see if it helps. Do you do, you do that often in the clinic yourself? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The point pressing technique. Yeah, and so we've we've talked about that a lot. So, so the, the area where I went though, you know, I'm still I, on every patient, if it's a shoulder pain, an insomnia patient, a gynecology patient, it doesn't matter, low back pain, I'm going to palpate all the channels. So I was down on the feet. And I palpated in that area on the medial calcaneus that, you know, when Dr. Wong palpated kidney four and kidney five, the lower point, the she cleft point, he wouldn't just palpate down there right at the insertion of the Achilles on the calcaneus, but also on the medial aspect of the heel in that area kind of looking for these little jello, these little kind of road bumps or almost noodles you can feel just a little bit inferior to the insertion of the uh, Achilles down there. And I found on both sides, she had a, a little bit of a swelling and severe tenderness and a little bit of a nodule kind of just below the insertion of the Achilles. And so I went and pressed on the right. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was the opposite heel, although she had changes on both, but they were more obvious on the right heel. And I went to that kidney four or five area, found that little nodule and pressed on it and had her move her shoulder. And she immediately felt like it was noticeably less. And so when I do this palpation, and I think this is how Yafim describes it as well, it's not like it makes the pain disappear, 
but the patient reports that if you press on a, a point that kind of is connecting to the primary complaint, that it turns the volume down. It kind of mutes the feeling to the patient. So she could feel the pain in the shoulder, but it was like it was muted is how, you know, that's how she described it. And so the point grouping I used on her, which is pretty unusual for a shoulder pain, was heart five, kidney, uh, heart five, kidney four. So the two collateral points together. Oh, awesome. Although yeah. really, and, and the way I needled it was, you know, that way Dr. Wong described needling around the heel. So palpating, finding that little stick-like nodule that is kind of stuck on the calcaneus and threading a, a one-spoon needle, not into it, but right next to it. You know, so it was kind of laying flat on the calcaneus, kind of a, a transverse needling approach. And she felt like that heavy feeling in the heel, almost like a toothache feeling from that point. And then heart five, of course, was Dr. Wong's location, you know, pretty deep and a little more superior to the textbook location. You've got to find that deep spot. Mm -hmm. And those are the only four needles I needled at first. And, um, oh, no, the other point I added actually was gallbladder 39, which is a point that, um, you know, Dr. Wong would often use, you know, sea of marrow point. You know, he, you know, he'd use it sometimes with heart five, kidney six, you know, to like kind of help vent the heat out of the brain. You know, when we've talked about using those, that point pair for like stroke patients or for children with like, you know, a lot of fire in their, you know, like ADHD patients, he would, and he's not unique, of course, in using gallbladder 39 for children, but it was this idea of like giving the Shao Yin heat a way out. And so I've kind of, in a lot of ways, been using gallbladder 39. I think we talked about gallbladder 39, even with kidney seven before. Again, a similar idea of like using it to vent Shaoyin heat. So it was part five, kidney four, gallbladder 39 was the point grouping. And uh, those were in probably 30 minutes. You know, she's resting. Uh, I come in and take those needles out and she's like, oh my gosh, it's already noticeably better. And then she turned over and, you know, she was described. And I, so I still wanted to kind of see what I could find locally. And she was, you know, describing the pain like three dimensionally within her shoulder joint. And so then I kind of went to the small intestine 10 area, looked for an empty space, not in that tendon that you often find there. And it had a one and a half ton needle and did very gentle. Like she almost didn't feel the needle in, but kind of deep into that space. And then also needled, um, what, what is the, the dew vessel point at T, you know, between T4 and T5. So essentially at the, you know, Zhuyin Xiaoyin, you know, the heart pericardium zone on the, on the spine. The reason I needled that space was yeah. it kind of felt squeezed, like the space between the vertebrae was very tight. Mm -hmm. And so I did, you know, that and then small intestine 10, that's what I charted, but it was kind of the empty space in there on the left. And that was only about 10 minutes or less. Yeah, probably 10 minutes with a bit of heat just to kind of warm it up. And so that was the treatment. And um, I told her, I was like, I really want to know what happened because this is a, not a point grouping I often use for shoulder pain. You know, and I described as I did to you that like a lot of these patients who've had COVID have these, you know, she knows as well that a lot of, you know, people get kind of these heart patterns or insomnia or even tinnitus, you know, these kind of heat patterns. And then she's like, yeah. And I was, and I, so I was kind of describing that I used a, a, a kind of unusual point grouping for her. And I really wanted to hear what happened because, you know, sometimes people want to tell you they're better. They get up, they're like, oh, and you're all excited and they're tempted to just tell you they feel better. And so I really tried to say, you know, I really want to know how you feel in two days. And so just now we're talking two days ago, she sent me an email and she's like, the pain is gone. And, you know, it's, it's like, it was, in fact, it's better than it was before because she'd had this arthritic pain kind of off and on for a while. So for That's me, it great. was like, it was a really, you know, and of course, John, you know this, and I, I don't mean to imply, I hope everyone listening understands that, 
there's so many case studies, so many cases where we don't get like incredible results on the first try. There's lots of cases where you totally go down a dead end and you hit a wall or you don't get results and then you figure it out, or maybe you don't. But some of these cases where you get really great results, we are excited to talk about, but I, I don't mean to imply that every patient I see is always out of the park like that, but it was just an interesting confluence of like so many things we've been talking about in the last two years about COVID, about Xiaoyin, you know, and, and, it, and it just, and it also like, I never would have ended up doing that treatment if I hadn't observed the heart channel. That was what I saw first was the, the swelling. And then of course, palpating down on the kidney channel. Is there shoulder pain so like side, again? Like how did she describe the pain? Well, yeah, the way she described it was a little unusual. So I guess that in retrospect could have been a hint. Instead of saying that it hurt in the back, you know, a lot of people, Taeyang, small intestine 10, they just point to the back. Or, you know, some people have like a concurrent pain in the anterior and posterior shoulder at the same time because their shoulder's kind of out of alignment. And that's another type. But what she said instead was like, the pain is distinctly in the joint. So you could almost imagine approaching the pain through the armpit with like heart one, you know, like, I mean, right. that's probably almost the location of the point was like deep to heart one. Because she so said like the pain like was like on the inside of the shoulder joint, like it was deeper. It was less on like the, the tie-on kind of reason, region. Right. Like the yeah. And the way region. she, I mean, she pointed right at large intestine 15, you know, the deltoid yeah, muscle. Yeah, yeah, But deep and inside. And she pointed to small intestine 10. She said it's between these two points. That's oh, what she okay. pointed to. Okay. He's like, it's somehow in between. And she said it felt very full and kind of okay. swollen. So, she, I mean, she described, you know, and it, it would overheat easily, right? Like she starts using it, it gets worse. Oh, okay. But the other big idea, and you touched upon this when I just asked that question, is of course there's like lots of musculoskeletal pain that that can also happen on the yin channel sinews. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I often used to forget about the the idea of the yin channel sinews, of course, being deeper than the yang channel sinews. And so, you know, like pain in the pelvic floor, you know, deep abdominal pain, all these kind of things could be more yin channel sinew stuff palpating down there in that kidney four or five zone on the heel has been, you know, even some types of low back pain can be the kidney channel sinew, you know, which wraps around yeah. the spine. I know we've talked about that. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's a, it's an unexpected area where, you know, we always think of Xiaoyin and kidney and even heart, like tending to, especially kidney having deficiency, but that area on the heel is an interesting area where something can be stuck in the Xiaoyin system. Like the, mm -hmm. in this case, the Xiaoyin channel sinew was kind of had an excess essentially. You think and it has to do with like how Dr. Ron talks about the Shaoying system and because we know that the Shaoying system like through um, like the it's related to like the movement of source chi, the yang chi, the, the warmth throughout the body. Like it uses like the like the gate of vitality is a source for source chi or yang chi. And then the heart works as like a pump, right? It moves all that source chi throughout the body and helps circulate things. Um, and as that chi circulates, then Dr. Ron says it has the functions of kind of unblocking the yin collaterals. So maybe mm -hmm. like the reason why she had that, that shoulder pain and it's related to the heart channels, maybe the, the, obviously the heart channel, the showing channel was kind of impeded in some way, impacted in a, in a way that it wasn't properly moving that yang chi. And as a result, the collaterals of that, that showing channel was, which are more, there's more blockage as a result. Yeah. And, and then, then heart five, of course, is the very point he would think of, right? To like tong to yin luo, to open yeah, yeah, the yeah. yin collaterals. Right. And also, I guess you're saying like the location is also seems to also coincide like crossover at least with the the hand tie-on too so maybe heart five work too because it also has that you know lower collateral connection to the the tie-on vessel too to the tie-on right 
Yeah, it was it was an interesting case. And I mean, in the last week, that's my my most interesting case. But they're always happening. But that's what's fun about having these podcasts is we can kind of casually just discuss what's happening in the clinic. And and, and hopefully others out there listening have, have, have noticed maybe uh, if you've seen a lot of COVID patients, palpate and check the heart channel and think of that heart five idea of, of, that you just mentioned of the, yeah. the law, the yin collaterals getting stuck or blocked. I remember there was a, one of a, someone who studied with us before, um, uh, Marie in, in Ireland, do you know, Mary in Ireland? Yeah. I always yeah. call her Marie, but it's Mary in Ireland. But she was yeah. met, uh, telling me about a patient of hers who, who had COVID and post-COVID also had these uh, heart channel changes. A lot of heart, like really big changes at like heart five or, or that region. Yeah, which we just don't see every day on so many people. And it, they, you know, especially like suddenly arise between two treatments on a patient. Like this patient, mm-hmm. she hadn't been in for a couple of months, but there were very clear changes in two months, like from almost none. Have so you seen was, her since? The well, she emailed me just, I mean, it was just last week and she emailed oh, me okay. two days ago to say it was way better, but no, I haven't seen her since I did schedule. I usually see her like once every six weeks for, okay. you know, whatever is going on, which is usually Xiaoyang, Kuyin Xiaoyang pattern. But okay. this time she's going to come back in two more weeks. So I'll see her a little sooner just to see how it went as a follow-up. Okay. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the, um, the channels, if there's any change or, to the heart channel. Yeah. And I would assume, especially that kidney channel change down below should be like, it, it was dramatically painful. And the, the little, little, it, it almost felt like a gummy bear swelling down there below the calcaneus was so obvious on her. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, so that's my story for the day. And I yeah. guess that could be our podcast for the day. Yeah. You know, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Jason, for sharing that case. Story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a very interesting case. Um, is there anything else we want to? add to this at the end or no i mean i anything else i add will just add fluff to the, the basic simplicity of that story and and hopefully you know it'll give people ideas of areas to palpate so no i don't have anything else to add yeah i think that's great that's a perfect perfect uh case to share and we would like i guess we would like to hear if people are finding like similar kind of changes on uh their patients who have covid and um yeah tell really them to, yeah everyone Put it on the Wang Jui Facebook page, right? Is that that's where we can kind of see people's comments on all this, right? Yeah, they can comment on the Facebook page. They can comment in the we on the Instagram page too. Like for I know it's not everyone uses Facebook. Um, uh, could even email us sometimes if you want. We might be really slow replying to emails, but um, right. we could. Yeah, it would just be interesting to hear what people are finding. Um, with, uh, and remember to palpate, and, yeah, um, deep into the heart five area, like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of seeing if you feel those almost like tapioca ball feelings when there's phlegm in the channel kind of feeling. Okay, All right. Well, um, I guess you have a, a wonderful morning. Great talking to you, John. See you later. Okay, see you later. Bye.